0: Hello and welcome to the In Conversation. I'm Nikki Cross and I've got a question for you. Were you a good pupil? Were you a good girl or a good boy? Did you try to be? Because let me tell you, lately one thing, one trend that I've been noticing across the board with my clients, and if I'm honest, it's been a trend since as long as I've had my business, Thrive Life in Business. But I hear across the majority of my clients, I was such a good pupil. And yeah, in school, that's great. I'm sure that that served you well when you were in school. I'm sure that you wanted to not get in trouble for breaking the rules. I'm sure that you wanted to try and colour within the lines to get approval. I'm sure that you wanted to work harder and do more and try your best to demonstrate just how deserving you were of those good grades. But what this episode is here for is to get you thinking about how those behaviors are actually damaging or at best opportunity limiting in business. Think about your behaviors in business right now. You know, think about the amount of times that you avoid failure at all costs, even to the detriment of your own well-being. Think, even to the detriment of your own, like, creative integrity, you know? Think about the shit that you give yourself if you fuck up or you get some negative feedback, and the shame and the judgment that you place upon yourself. Think about how you potentially compare yourself to other people without one ounce of consideration that your timeline and life circumstances and priorities in life are normally completely different. And... I'm bringing this to the inner work conversation because what I do is I work with my clients to unlearn some of the shit that holds them back, some of the conditioning that they've brought through from their personal upbringing and their professional upbringing, which also includes school and uni. I'm going to be really upfront with my personal intentions of this episode. It's twofold, really. Number one, I hope in listening to this episode, you feel seen, heard, and that it gives you a kick up the arse to book in your inquiry call. I have one-to-one spaces available, but they are limited. And my second intention for this episode is... I hope it serves you to be able to recognize in yourself what conditioning you're carrying that you'd like to start releasing. And I just want to say up front, this is a process. It takes time. It takes patience. And it takes a whole lot of self-love, compassion, and grace. So I want to talk, I want to start this conversation off by giving you my real personal overview of what I can see in my life view. When I was growing up, I was the youngest of three children by a long stretch. Like, I think my eldest sister is 16 or 17 years older than me, and my next, my middle sister is, I think, 11 years older than me. So there was a big, big gap. Um, What was amazing and beautiful about that for me is it felt like Nick is the baby. Nick's got several parents, really. (laughs) I have a team of people bringing me up as opposed to just a mum and a dad. And that also meant that there were people invested in my upbringing. And that was amazing. And what I can notice, I went to an all girls secondary school and I didn't go to university, although I did have a place. And I think because of the generation that I was raised in, look, my parents were from a really hard working generation of you work hard. It doesn't matter if you enjoy your job or not. You do your best. You don't get in trouble because that's that's damaging. That could mean that you get the sack. This is not a case of what we're dealing with in today's world where, you know, th- there's opportunities for creating opportunities. Like like I've got right now, I created my business. I created this podcast. Many of you listening created your business. You literally the ideas came out of your brain and onto a web page and that's how you transact the energetic transaction with your clients that that you've created that back then they didn't even have the internet <laughs> so it was a case of you get a job you keep that job it doesn't matter if you don't like that job even if you don't like that job you work more hours so that you can put literally food on the table so that you can keep your family safe and so I believe that I, my generation, however you want to relate to that, I think that if you're listening, you can clash yourself somewhere in my generation, you will be able to recognize that the upbringing that you had is very different from the upbringing that you give your children or potentially would give your children. But here you are unlearning some of that shit that was drummed into you. Some of that shit that was like, how, you know, how compliant we were, how, limited opportunities seem to be and how important it all seemed. It all seems so important because our parents usually have come from this time where it was about survival, right? Then as a mother myself, my son is going to be 15 next month, which is just, listen, I can't even go there. Like to think that I have a 15 year old son. Is like, what? But I do. And it's true. And he is bigger than me. (laughs) But here's what I see. In my son, I see someone who is neurodivergent. I see someone who doesn't comply. And what I absolutely adore about the opposing upbringing that my, my husband has than I had, I was brought up to be a good girl. I was. That is my conditioning. That I have slowly learnt over time and continue to learn how to let go of. My husband was raised by two business owners, and it's it's a very opposite way of being than i was ever used to so when i met jim i was quite fascinated by him to be completely honest <laughs> he was he was this rebel in my eyes he didn't class himself as a rebel right but what i what i realized very quickly about the difference between how we were raised and therefore the difference in who we were as two humans is he was raised to say it like it is um and be kind and gracious and good-hearted, you know, but at the same time, be honest. And I think that a lot of what I was raised with was more, least said, soon amended, keep the peace, work hard, be good, you know, very different. And so here's me and Jim now with this 15-year-old who has ADHD and dyslexia. One of the things that I really struggled with at first when he wasn't diagnosed with anything was his non-compliance to some of the silly rules that schools have and I was at first quite confronted with this child in front of me who was challenging the system this is what JJ does he challenges the system he'll come home from school and he'll be like yeah well it's a load of shit though really if you think about it because it's not going to serve me when I'm 18 is it and I was trying to figure out like where's he getting these messages from is it his dad it's not me Is it like, is it conversations in school? Is it YouTube? Is it TikTok? What is it? And it was none of those things. It was within him. And now as a 15 year old, I see this young man who in summary, doesn't make it mean there's something wrong with him. He, he, what he's not doing here is what I did, which was there is a system and it feels really hard for me to comply with that system, to comply with this system that says sit down, be quiet, sit still, take in the information, regurgitate the information, be good, do well. If you're not doing well, do better. And sometimes when we don't feel like we sit within that system or we don't we don't align with that system. We can make it mean like there's something wrong with us. We are inherently not good enough because we're not meeting the expectations of this system. We're not complying. What's wrong with us? And so what I see in my son is someone who will not comply and also will not make it mean something about him. He does not make it mean there's something wrong with him. Instead, he in a non-obnoxious or egotistical way. He says, hang on a minute, I have these specific needs. Let me have a look at the system and let me see, is the system designed and set up for someone like me? No, it's not. That doesn't necessarily mean there's something wrong with me. Does it mean, maybe, that there's something wrong with the system? In him, I see someone gently, politely, bows out, of conforming to behaviors that others conform to. He doesn't do it in a way that is rebellious to the point of, um, you know, getting himself into a shit ton of bother and all of that. Yeah, all right. He's not the perfectly behaved child in school. Isn't that the point? Isn't that the point? So, anyway, so I write this post that I'm going to tell you about, right? And um, put it on Instagram, put it on LinkedIn. And one of my, so, Firstly, the really interesting thing about this post that I'm gonna read out to you I'm gonna talk about in this episode is the first three people who clicked like on that post were two of my previous clients and one of my current clients. And it made me realize that we can put out all of these beautiful quotes, but when we refrain from putting our fucking opinion out there on the internet for people to rub up against, feel challenged by, feel confronted by, actually disagree with and all of the in-between of that. When we when we stop doing that, what we don't do and what we limit ourselves to and what we actually what the cost of that is that we don't directly speak to the people who matter. And what I mean by that, I'm not saying that my family don't matter or other people don't necessarily matter. What I am saying is I am a I run a business. This isn't a hobby. I don't generate content for fun and and entertainment i generate content to resonate with the people who could potentially benefit from it make changes in their own life and business and then further engage like i said at the beginning of this episode it's not cloak and dagger i it's not a hobby i want to work with you not be, just because i want the revenue and i want my business to thrive but because i want to impact more people in this way and so what was really interesting is the first few people who click like on that post were my current and previous clients and then one of them messaged me directly. And here's what she said. She said, she explained to me that that I'm literally reading out a transcription of her voice note. So she said, um, I got told off in business studies in school. Business studies, by the way, the irony. But here's what she said. I got told off in business studies because I wouldn't sit still. And this was at the time where she had an undiagnosed ADHD But she was also, she explained, she was also fucking bored. And she said, business is not sitting in a room and being told how to do business, is it? She goes on, there's a vivid, this is a vivid memory because I remember thinking, what they're telling me here is wrong. I don't want to sit still. And I don't believe in this. She says, it was the first time that she really felt like she broke the good girl behaviors and she was not going to sit there and do what the teachers told her anymore. She became a rebel this is what she said, I became a rebel. And then she goes on to finish and say, and that is what entrepreneurship is all about. And I'm like, yeah, isn't it though? Isn't it? Isn't it what entrepreneurship is all about? Isn't it what being innovative is all about? Isn't it what problem solving and adaptability and continuous learning and innovation, isn't it what that is all about? But when we have this conditioning to do well, get it right, try harder, do more, oh my god, it's so fucking costly. It's so costly, and that is what I want to bring to the conversation today. So let's let me explain this post on Instagram, and I'm going to give you in the in between the lines. It says, small business owner, know this: good pupil does not equal good in business. And there were three things that I was asking people to consider. Number one. Being a good pupil often involves receiving grades and often feeling shame for not doing better or trying harder. A very normal, that's the thing, right? A very normal part of business and running a small business, your own small business, is making mistakes, is facing setbacks, is handling unforeseen challenges. And when we carry the good pupil conditioning into our business, it can lead to unnecessary feelings of shame for very fucking normal situations. And this is one of the things that, When my clients come to me for the first time and I explain to them, listen, in my business, I have had negative feedback. I have had a complaint where I've needed to give someone a refund because it felt like the ethical thing to do. I have had these things and I consider it to be normal. And what I'm not saying here is I'm sloppy in my standards. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is there's a difference between being a perfectionist and being an excellentist. And I would say that I'm an excellentist. I pursue excellence in every aspect of my business, in the content I produce, in the work that I do with my clients, in my processes, as in handling complaints and negative feedback. Otherwise, if I'm a perfectionist about it, what it's going to mean is running away from shame. And what that's going to mean is doing everything in my power to stop getting negative feedback, to avoid criticism and judgment and negative opinions of other people. And you can all see the risk of that. The risk of that is Which, if if we are trying to get the good grades and avoid shame for not doing better or trying harder, the risk is you're going to be working longer hours. You're going to be really fucking down in the weeds of the busy work. You're going to be trying so much harder, doing so much more and risk uh, avoiding risking failure at all costs, you, like I said at the beginning of this episode, if that's where you are and you're carrying that conditioning into your business, it's highly likely that what you're doing is avoiding putting your most authentic expression of yourself out there. And that literally can play out in so many ways. It could play out in the, um, where you're dancing around a topic with your team instead of just saying it straight, instead of being really transparent and loving and kind with your honesty, instead of that, it can look like really like skirting around a topic to not upset the apple cart. How else can it play out? It can play out in terms of the content that you put out there for so long. Like, listen, we're like 170 odd episodes into the inner work conversation now. For so long, I avoid it really get into the fucking crux of what i wanted to bring and my my most authentic expression of what matters to me in this moment of my career and that's not to say that that won't change it will so i want you to hear there that what really matters is that in this moment in this drop in the ocean of what is your career are you presenting to the world your most authentic expression of yourself or are you not? Are you looking over there at what they're doing, over there at what seems standard, over there of standard pricing or standard um, expression? What are you, How are you navigating what you put out there to the world, the opinions that you share or you withhold? How are you going about that? And what, more to the point, what is that costing you? Next point. Being a good pupil often prioritises getting it right over curiosity. Here's the thing. When we're a good girl, when we're, you know, a good pupil, you try to be still and be small. You try as much as you can to not say anything that's gonna put you in someone's way. You don't want to be an inconvenience. And being curious can be a big fucking inconvenience. Let me tell you, being curious in my business has led me down inconvenient paths. And what I mean by that is paths that don't make much sense in a business capacity. They might not be the normal route to take, but what they are is me following my curiosity. And that fucking lights me up. It lights me up. It sets a fire, a light inside of me when I follow my curiosity. And I think that people can read that energy. I think that that radiates out. I think. This is just my opinion. And I wonder if you agree I wonder like, sorry, my post goes on to say being a good pupil often prioritizes getting it right over curiosity. Being curious often involves going against the grain, challenging the status quo, daring to do it differently. As a small business owner, valuing yourself only for getting it right, limits opportunities to innovate, adapt, and grow. And the risk of that is you stick to the way it's always been done because it feels safer, in inverted commas, as opposed to cultivating your unique ways of doing things. I remember when I first launched my business and I remember going on Instagram for the first time, really for the first time, And seeing all of these other people who seemed to do what I do, and there was, like, there seemed to be just like this standard way of doing things, standard packages that I didn't understand what the jargon meant. I didn't know what a mastermind was. I didn't know what a program was. I didn't know. Like I knew from my learning and development career, the difference between a training session and a workshop. I knew the difference between a coach and a mentor. But when I went into this, (coughs) pardon me, let me just take a sip of my coffee. Wait there when I went into this online world, it was apparent to me that there were standard ways of doing things. And I often look back over the past few years and wonder to myself, what would be different about my business had I have not been introduced, had I have not introduced myself to social media? What would be different? Because it's so fucking easy to fit in and to do things a standardized way as opposed to the way that you know is right. So for example, now, I'm fucking curious. I'm so curious. When I speak to, when I get on inquiry calls, right, with people, I'm like, ooh, oh, that's like a tailored package that would work just for you. As opposed to, well, you have to fit in one of my boxes because this is the way that my business does things because I do things the way that everyone fucking else does things. No, curiosity says, do it your way. Curiosity says, do it differently. Curiosity says, innovate. Curiosity says, that problem that you're having in your business isn't necessarily a weakness within your inherent nature, It's actually a business problem for you to look at and for you to be curious about. Why do we do it that way? Let's have a look at that. Is there a better way to do things? I'll give you another example. When I first started recording this podcast, I used to write scripts. I used to sit down, like, not write scripts. Like, I used to sort of use it as a business journaling practice. And then when I recorded the podcast, I'd use all of my notes, my journaling notes, you may as well call it a script. I used to use all of that to record the episode. And then after I recorded the episode, I'd go back and I'd take out all the M's and the bits where I'd stumbled over my words. You know why? Because what I heard in other people's podcasts was that they had an editing team. They paid a podcast editing team to make their podcast sound more smooth and professional. I'm not smooth. (laughs) I'm not professional. I do, like I said earlier, I do uphold standards of excellence that I see as I determine what excellence is. And I have to step back and be like, let me get curious about this. What is it that I want to create? Therefore, I'm going to go back and spend an hour creating my podcast, an hour recording my podcast, an hour editing my podcast before it gets into your ears. I'm not going to do that. It doesn't make business sense, both from a perspective of how much time and investment is going in that and also from an authenticity perspective in the excellence standards in the way that I want to express myself. doesn't make sense. Can you see? Getting curious means actually assessing yourself, what that looks like for you. And going back to, I mentioned my client earlier, Lucy, who sent me that message straight away and said, you know, I'm going to be a rebel. And it takes a lot to stand in your own firmly in your own ground and be a rebel in that way it takes a lot and so if that is where you're at right now know how much bravery curiosity takes know how much courage it takes to do things differently to dare to stand out and go against the grain it takes a lot to self-support it takes a lot to support yourself through doing things differently and that is something that I, I see is so commendable. Because ultimately, hopefully, what that's going to lead you to is doing business your way. And then the last point in this post and around the episode off here, hopefully encouraging you to go against the grain and do things your way and not carry the good pupil conditioning into your business any more than you currently have. The last point that I made in this post was being a good pupil usually means respecting authority more than respecting your inner authority. Being a good pupil usually means respecting authority more than respecting your inner authority. Think about it. Like when you were in school, it's the teacher or the dinner lady or the dinner guy, right? It's you, you look up to and you respect them over what yourself and and we have to in ways to keep us safe. You know, If the fire alarm goes off and the teacher says, get out the fucking building and you say no, then your bum's going to get burnt, isn't it? So there's good reason for that. But when we, again, when we carry that conditioning through up until our adulthood, it's when it can start to become an issue. Because my post says, in business, this can lead to waiting for permission and validation from others before you feel confident enough to go ahead. And more importantly, it can result in you undervaluing the inherent wisdom that lives within you. I have seen this time after time after time. My client's they wait until acknowledgement and they seek the validation, even from the wrong people. How many times, think about it, if you're listening to this and you you class under the same sort of bracket as one of my best fit clients, who is a small service-based business owner who's ready to create change. Think about how many times you've turned around to a friend or a family member and given them an idea that you were fucking pumped about, or you presented your Work to them, and and they just went. Oh yeah, but have you thought about this? Oh yeah, that that's fine, but it's not going to make much money, is it? Or oh yeah, well I I I think you're overpricing that. Would people really pay that? How many times has that happened to you? And it's take it's like you've had this raging fire that you were able to. Put stuff on and melt marshmallows and it was really warm and amazing and you were getting energy from this fire and someone just come along and just poured some water over it now it's just a sizzling mass of fucking ashes right that happens and that happens because what we're doing in those moments where we're seeking permission or we're seeking validation or affirmation yeah that's right go ahead We're seeking that from outside of ourselves instead of giving it to ourselves first. What I'm not saying here is, and I had this chat with um, one of my current one-to-one clients in response to this post, what she was saying is, you know, theoretically, I get it. And she says, I think for me, it's connecting the feeling of knowing in theory and actually knowing inside and being okay without the external validation bit. And I just want to comment on that. I require external validation. We all do. We're fucking human beings. External validation feels great. It feels great when someone invests in themselves and does so through paying me for the fair, energetic exchange of my services. That's validation. It feels great when my best fit clients click like or save my posts or respond to my posts and be like, fucking hell, Nick that hit the mark. It feels amazing when I get a podcast review where someone says, thank God for this podcast. It's in my ears when I'm pottering around and it's making such a difference in my business. Thank God for those times. Because sometimes they're the things that when my inner self-doubt is roaring really loudly, they'll just come along at that right time and be like, don't worry. It's working. It's it's adding value. It's happening. I need that too. But the difference is, I don't Anymore. I don't need it to move forward. I don't need it in order to create that podcast. I don't need it in order to help me decide my pricing strategy or my positioning on my website. I don't need it to do that. It's just nice to have afterwards. Do you see the difference? One is I will wait for permission and validation until you tell me it's good enough or until you tell me it's worth it or until you tell me it's safe to go. And the other is I'm fucking going and I'm validating myself from the inside out. And it will be so nice to receive that validation backwards. There's a difference between the two. And so I don't want you guys to wait. I don't want you to wait to be good enough. I don't want you to wait till someone says, that's good, go. I don't want you to wait your turn. And I think that it's so costly. Yes, out there in business, but it's costly in here. Every single time that you hold back your most authentic expression of yourself. You hold back on pricing yourself, what you truly can stand by as the value that you add, the the energetic exchange that feels right for your service. Every time that you do that, it's like you just chip away at your own self-trust. You chip away at your own inner authority. And it's in there. That inner wisdom, I'm telling you, it's in there. All the answers aren't in there have to learn things. This is like a whole, we could go into a training needs analysis, right? There are things, so knowledge, skills, behavior, there are things that I don't know that I have to go and learn. There are skills that I can't do that I have to go and cultivate, that I have to go and get good at. There are behaviors that I'm not yet um, a master at that I need to cultivate daily. But what I'm saying here is there's a voice inside of you. You know that there is and it is trying to communicate with you and every time you seek that validation or permission outside of yourself before you prioritize what you think you chip away at that inner wisdom and that is fucking costly so going all the way back to the beginning of this episode if you if you can identify through maybe school or university or the way that you were brought up or your corporate career even, if you were brought up to colour within the lines, to play by the rules, to not get too big for your boots, to all of the things that I've mentioned in this episode today, I genuinely hope this episode is served just by way of a opening in your perspective and a widening in what you believe could be possible for you. Because it is possible To unlearn some of the shit that holds you back and keeps you stuck so that you can get meaningful shit done. And I mean, meaningful shit. I mean, the the stuff in business that you desperately want to do, that you feel there's just something pulling you back, the stuff that you want to express, the dreams and goals that you want to go after and achieve, the ways that you want to authentically navigate your business. That's what I hope has been unlocked in this episode for you. And know that, like I said earlier, it's a process, right? It takes time to unlearn some of this stuff. And for that reason, I just wanna remind you that it is a process, it does take time, it does take patience, and it does take a whole lot of self-love, compassion, and grace. And if you're ready to be supportive with that, my doors are open. The link to Inquire is in the show notes Otherwise, please never forget, I am always cheering you on and I really do hope that you are cheering you on too.